Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your Spurs. Hello, welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 12, episode 16. I'm ASD. I'm Giles. I'm Rob. And I'm Jack. Uh, we are recording just a few hours after the North London derby. Uh, we're all a bit miserable. And that's okay. But Rob, you you've just got back. Uh, how are you feeling? Pretty depressed, ASD. Really, um, it was the performance that I think everybody was worried was going to happen, and it did happen. Um, I mean, it, obviously, I'm I'm guessing most people listening to this saw the game, but first half they were so passive. There's a little spell in the first five minutes, but the the difference between the two teams was really pretty stark the high press of Arsenal how aggressive they were how much they wanted it wanted the ball their movement and we were everything that they weren't really they we were static not passive but sorry passive we were you know it was just a really tepid unbearable performance uh Heuberg getting overwhelmed in midfield again completely um Sun didn't turn up and was a bystander again um, yeah, Sessegnon's can't play wing back, as we all know. Think things that we all know, right? Nothing, mm. <clears throat> no, no, no surprises, no changes, everything that we all know. Um, but today was just the day where you wondered whether they would actually get out the out the blocks, out the starting from the starting pistol, and um, and get after it. And um, and they didn't. And it was a pretty. It wasn't even that angry in the ground, you know. Today, to be honest. It was, I mean, despite the fact that a fan leapt over the advertising hoarding and tried to, you know, disgracefully assault Ramsdale, um, I think people sort of expected it. You know, it was almost a bit fait accompli. It feels like things are really, really very broken there at the moment, generally. Yes, isn't it? And is it, Giles, is it Conte's lack of flexibility is it a lack of players what is it Conte's and Spurs like there's so many excuses now is it just that those two windows where we didn't buy anyone why are we I, uh, playing, doing this oh ASD if I knew I think everything that Rob said was was spot on and I'm I'm pleased that I mean I've been to most home games this season and I didn't make it today, and I was gutted I didn't make it. But yeah. Christ, I'm happy I didn't make it now because it was so demoralising. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's certainly you can you could easily criticise Conte and say he's not flexible, and 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 I think you would have a point because it does seem bizarre if we all accept he's got the wrong pieces to play the way he wants to play, then why does he continue and pursue this route? It just is nonsensical. And Cess, I mean Cess, I just think is nowhere near ready. He's nowhere near up for it, and it does seem bizarre. Um, I heard a great quote the other day. I can't even remember who it is. It's going to really piss me off, and I'm, I hope your listeners know. But someone, I think it was a, it was a, it was a big name manager from yesteryear, and he was asked what makes a great manager, and he said great players. And there's some truth to that. And we just don't have the players, and we know we don't have the players. So I get people who have had enough with Conte, but I think it's, I just don't think it's as simple as that. I don't think you can, I don't think you can say you've had it with Conte yet because. You know, the Woolwich, they were in a similar position, what, a year, year and a half ago, and they stuck with their man in charge. And I think we do need to try and be patient. It's just a shame to 
be playing for patience when Kane's knocking on 30, is he? And he hasn't won a trophy yet. We've got these players at their peak years, him and Sonny. I mean, I don't know what's up with Sonny. So I'm here for therapy mostly, so I don't think I've got much to offer to cheer you lot up. I'm hoping you can do this. And you're contradicting yourself, though, by saying we haven't got the players, but we need patience. You say we need patience and to back him. Or... Yeah. Well, we, yeah, we either back him or we don't. And if we don't, we move on. And I think at the moment, I remember I remember having a chat with you and um, Chris earlier in the season. And I, I quite narrow-mindedly said to you both that I don't think it matters that Conte hasn't signed an extension because whatever happens, if he's if he decides to walk, he'll walk. He won't care if he's got years on his contract. And actually, that was really... Uh, probably, I think that remains true from Conte's perspective, but from the fan players and, uh, fans' perspective and the players' perspective, I think the opposite is true. And I can't help but think the players, regardless of who their manager is, they should turn up, especially on a derby day, and they should show some fight, and they didn't. And I'm livid about that. But I also think that, given the contract situation with Conte, it's almost like having a caretaker manager in place. And we know what happens when you have a caretaker manager in place. Nine times out of 10, the players, they, they, you know, they, they'll feel that anxiety or that un, they're unsure about what the future holds and what piece, what, you know, how they play a part. And that does rub off on the team. And if that dynamic is disrupted, which I think it has to be at the moment, then something needs to happen. And if, if we need to back Conte to get him to sign an extension, we need to back Conte. And if we're not going to do that, we just need to, you know, we need to go separate ways. My worry with going separate ways is I feel like we're in a dead end already with Conte. I don't know where you go from Conte. There's a core group of players, Charles, isn't there? And that <clears throat> if you look down the spine of the team, Conte talks about wanting experienced players. Mm. Lloris, obviously, every, we all know Lloris, 36. Another nightmare today. Dyer, 29. Doherty, 30. Sun, 30. Kane, 29. Davis, 29. I mean, Kane, obviously, world-class striker. I think it's difficult to really include him in this, but that's a, it's, a, it's the, like a core spine of the team. Even Hoiberg at 27. Like, these are not inexperienced players. These are experienced players. Week after mm. week after week after week that are not getting out the blocks in games and not turning up in games until they're 2-0 down, whatever, 1-0 down. Mm. And there's a reason for that, right? There's got to be a reason for that. These are not inexperienced players. These are all experienced players that have perpetually failed more often than not failed in terms of a whole season's perspective, mm. year after year after year after year after year. And surely it's not another manager that they're not having, surely. This manager, particularly. Mm. Is there is there a point where I mean, Jack? Do you think we're confusing experience with time? Because like Davis is twenty nine, but what's he done at a world class level? Or you know, and same with Hoiberg, same with Dyer. Is is that a problem? I think there's a point to that. I mean, in terms of where I'm at with the state of us at the minute I think overall I think Conte's done a, a good job since coming I don't think he's done an outstanding job I think he's done a good job he did really well last season to drag us to fourth because how we managed to get there you know I'm not, I'm not really too sure but he just he isn't the right man for us you know like it's just it's not the right fear I'm all for being patient giving a manager time backing him all of that stuff but he, he's never going to get the resources the signings that he wants with the current owners and the board we've got. And like the more and more I think about it, we've had Conte, we've had Mourinho as our last two managers. 
it's crazy they've managed us. And I don't know if they've been mm. promised something that's not been delivered or if their stock has been at an all-time low that they felt they've had to take the Spurs job. But at the minute, we're in a position, we're, we're in this like awkward middle ground where we've got an elite manager who's proven wherever he's gone that he can provide success. We've got an, an average squad. It's not a bad squad. It's not an amazing squad. It's, it's, it's fairly average. We've got a good five or six core players there, but the whole squad's probably average. And we've got owners who don't want to invest heavily in the squad and those three things don't go together so something has to give somewhere with that it's not going to be the owners they're not going to turn around and in the next couple of weeks say you know what we're going to pump 150 million into the playing squad for the second half of the season and give Conte a new three-year deal and make him one of the highest paid managers and that's just not going to happen so either we go in a different direction with the manager or he Conte has to completely adapt and accept that he's at a club and a team where actually the ambition is to fight for fourth and if we don't get it it's probably not the end of the world for the club but though though all of those points they don't go together Conte wants instant instant success and he's proven if you give him the money to go and buy his experienced players and the type the, the profile of player he wants then he will win for you or he'll get he'll bring success in in some capacity and he's not going to get that and for me what he's shown is that especially over the last two, three months, if we take out the World Cup, you know, our, our run going into that World Cup and since we've come out of it, is that he is a bit of a one-trick pony in terms of what he can do. He can't work with young players. He can't work with players that are limited with what they can do on the pitch. He needs a player to be able to do X, Y and Z. And if you can't do that, he can't adapt. So we're in this awkward position now of what the hell do we do? Because we're not going to give him a load of money. We're not going to back him. Uh, as each day goes on, I think more it's more and more likely that he's going to leave at the end of the season, which I'm not too fussed about. I'd say to him, thanks for doing a great job. You got us into the top four. Like overall, you sort of steadied the ship for us. Um, but what direction do we go in? I think that's probably the bigger question now. Like, do we that's just continue? What next? What next? Yeah. Do we, we, either, we either continue this road that we're on where they go and find elite, high-level managers and they try and squeeze everything they can out of a squad that's not great or they say you know what we do sort of need to restart this and we need a coach that can come in and have a bit of a project over the next couple of seasons but where that where we actually go god only knows i mean it feels to me like the sensible thing is to be like look what we're doing at the minute is not working last three or four seasons has not been good we're not we've not had success um we're not playing particularly good football no one really is very happy at Spurs, I don't think, at the moment. So like, it makes sense to go down the route of, look, we need a project. But have we got time for that? that that's the problem. Like, I think, we, uh, me in particular, I'm a lot less patient now than what I used to be. I feel like I had, I've had all my patience with the projects we've done and we didn't back the, the man when we really needed to. So I, I think the question now is, what direction do we go in? Do we stay on this conveyor belt of supposedly elite managers trying to squeeze everything they can out of a, an average squad or do they say look it's not working let's let's sort of tear up and, and start again thing Can is though is it... on that? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, go ahead Charles I was just gonna say I know you say I think you say it's not good at the moment and I, and I think um, if we can bear the pain of removing the result today against the Woolwich and just thinking more kind of broadly we're fifth in the league we're halfway through the season given everything you've just said about lack of investment, certainly relative to a lot of other clubs um, and the averageness of the bulk of our squads, 
I, I still think we're playing, we're better than par. I think being in fifth at the moment is, I don't think we deserve to be fifth and yet we are in the same way that I'm not sure we deserve to finish fourth last season and yet we did. So I accept that the football's not good and there's so much wrong and I'm genuinely concerned about the perception that people are unhappy, not just in the stands, but on the pitch. But actually, I don't think even if we had someone else in charge, I don't see how we would be doing better mm. than fifth. So I, I'm not disagreeing with you that it's not that it isn't good at the moment, but I also think it's probably better than it should be. That makes I know sense. what I know what you mean. I mean, I, I've just I've had a look before the pod at the United squad and the Newcastle squad, and mm. if you look at that. I, uh, there aren't really any players in either of those squads that you'd be like, I would give everything for us to sign them, especially when you look at Newcastle. So that comes down to that they've got a coach that's getting the maximum out of that group of players. And whilst our squad is is average and is not amazing, I still do watch all of our performances and think that a, a top level coach should be getting a bit more out of some of these players. Like they're not they're not a side, they're not a starting eleven that can be challenging at the top end of the league, but if you compare it to United and Newcastle, player for player, I don't think it's a million miles away. And we're, we're not a million miles away from them in the league. You know, it's only sort of four or five points, but they're getting everything out of those players at the minute. And I can't really say that I've watched us this season. There's a couple of games maybe at the start where I felt like we've been at full throttle and it's like, here we go. Like, this is the team. We had that great game against Leicester at home where we scored six and it was like, this is fantastic. Yeah. But I just, my question marks on Conte is, could he be getting more out of those? Because it seems like Ten Hag and Howe, and I mean, Marco Silva at Fulham, like these coaches seem to be getting more than the maximum out of some of these players. So it can Conte... But over a really short know. period of time, I think that's the I think that's the caveat. It has to be, if Newcastle carry on doing this for a season or two, then fair play, hats off to Howe. But look at Davy Moyes. Last season, he couldn't do anything wrong. Now they're rock bottom, albeit not on goal difference, but points-wise. So... I think I think it's it's the consistency over a period of time that you need to judge the Newcastles and the Uniteds. But I mean, it's a it's a valid point for sure. I do think the, the standard Newcastle of the, I do think the standard of the league is particularly poor. Um, or I don't know if it is poor. I don't know actually if the standard is particularly high because anyone can beat anyone this year. But if you just yeah. look in at the points totals, I mean, Arsenal had a blinding start. You know, fifteen wins from eighteen. But like City have lost three in eighteen, which yeah. you know, like that just that just feels wrong. Like United are in fourth with just over two points a game. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It's like it's not, Chelsea as well. That's yeah, right. it's like the whole league is I'll a little bit of, it's, it's it's similar to last year where it's just like it seems like a lot of sides are just in an absolute mess and it's going to be who can put a good run of 10 games together where you might maybe get six wins and two draws and that'll probably get you in the top 4 again. Mm. But I'm not convinced with with anything really. I mean what I saw today was absolutely gutting, and my, my dad messaged at half time, and him, and he's been a, he's been watching Spurs, fifty odd years, um, and he texted me and said that's the worst forty five minutes he's ever seen at home to Arsenal, and I read that and I was like, and he's very, um, he's very optimistic, and like when I say to him, I'm not, you know, the football's been tough, he goes, trust me. We've seen so much worse, you know, when he when he was going as a youngster. But for him to say that's the worst I've ever seen was like, yeah. oh. and he's not a very um, he's not one that would say something reactionary like that. So when I read that, I was like, oh, it must be even worse in the ground today. Rob, how many of the players on the pitch for Arsenal would you have had in the starting eleven for Spurs? Ramsdale. Well, before the game or during the game? During the game, all of them. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> um <laughs> 
so yeah I, I i i think that's a really good point and i was having this discussion with my son actually when we were going to the game that when you look at our team on paper it's it's not a bad team it's not an amazing team but it's not a bad team and um you know you got squads in the premier league like this city squad or the United squad, I mean, you, you know, the United squad look, looks pretty good, doesn't it? Let's let's be honest, it should do. They've spent £660 million in the last five years. It should be good. But that investment in United is proof in point that you don't necessarily need to go and spend a huge amount of money. There aren't that many amazing players that you necessarily want to buy. West Ham have spent more money than us in the last five years. Spending money is not what it needs it needs and Conte has said this in fairness to him it needs a couple of good players every year to Mm. come in and create competition and motivation Saar today I thought had a really good game he did well he did well he did did really really well and he made the uh, and one of the reasons why he did well is because his tempo on the ball he brings tempo to the team there was a bit today where he he won a free kick. He, he he got up, put his hand on the board. He played it straight away. I haven't seen anyone do that for flipping ages at Tottenham. And so he brings tempo to the team, but also he had energy. He made mm. the others look a million miles away. And he was the most, you know, he's 20 years old. He was the kid in the in the team today that should have been should have been nursed through it. You know, there was there's, mm. I, I I think that Jack's point in the end is is the right one. They I don't think they need to go and spend. Like they, they don't need to go and drop five hundred million pounds on this team in one window, but they have got a core group of players like the keeper, like like there are players in that squad that they need to gradually drip out of that team. And you want to see the strategy of okay, we've got to replace the keeper, we've probably got to replace Sun in the next two seasons, we've probably got to replace Dyer in the next two seasons, Kane in the next three or four. Like, what is the strategy to drip these players out and replace them with quality, real quality players? Because I think making top four for Tottenham is great. They shouldn't be ninth. Do you know what I mean? And the thing for me at the moment is there's no strategy to do that. And the manager isn't necessarily... the manager could be the right manager to do that if you're replacing those players with slightly younger but experienced players. But there is a complete disconnect at the moment between a group of players that I think are experienced enough to go and get a result against Arsenal and the way that they start games. The way that your dad described it, Jack, I could not agree more with that. And when you look through our starting eleven, that is a group of players that are not playing for their manager. They That's aren't. the worry though, isn't it? That is the yeah, biggest yeah. worry. And, and my thing with that is you don't see I feel like a lot of what you said there, Rob, comes back to like intensity. And it's like I feel I bang on about this all the time in football. It does not matter if it's an under sevens game or a Champions League final. You have to have intensity with and without the ball. And we are so laboured. And that comes yeah. it comes from within from the individual. And you saw that with Saturday, he did bring that. But look at Conte on the touchline. We're yeah, used to yeah. him heading every Passive. ball, screaming at the players. He just stands there. There's yeah. nothing yeah, yeah. Come, There's no motivating. And it's like, 
I'm all for footballers have to motivate themselves. When you when you step over that white line at whatever level, you're responsible for your own performance. But surely as a manager, if you can see, see your team are struggling with intensity, you can create that on the sideline. You can make something happen with, you know, how you're behaving. And that has completely gone from him, which, I mean, he looks like an absolute shadow of a man that, you know, we had last season, which is a real a worry. worry. When he first came in, do you remember the stats? Uh, was his first game? I think it was Everton away his first game, wasn't he, when he took over? And they compared the running stats from that yep. game and Nuno's last few. And actually, yeah. they almost went from bottom to top of the league in terms of distance travel, distance run over a few weeks. And the fact is that that's so lacking now, only points to one thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's his job, though, right? And I think like that that is his job. And you have a look at Brighton. How well they've done. They beat Liverpool. Yeah. They beat was it Everton last time? Like mm. by four, so they've scored seven goals against Liverpool and Brighton just by having intensity. It's not difficult. You don't have to be great players to yeah. just pr- give people pressure. So he's got he's got as well though. To be fair, he's got them really well organised. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's not a difficult. It's it's overcomplicated. I don't know what he's trying to do. So if I said to you now, Klopp, Potter, Conte, or Pochettino, starting. As our manager next mm. season, who do you each have? Klopp, Potter, Pochettino, Conte. One of the ones that starts pot. <laughs> I'm a Potter or a Poch. Potter or Poch. Myself. I'd I'd go um I'd go Pochettino just because um I mean Klopp would be absolutely incredible as much as I, I only don't like him because he's Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? But um he's he's striking me as a manager that needs a bit of time out and a bit of a break. Like he he looks completely burnt out as well and feels like Potch has had that I just think he would know out of all of them he knows what he's walking into because he's been there and done it with us so that nothing's going to come as a surprise to him if he does come back yeah I mean I mean I think what they're going to do is they're going to replace those players with younger players I don't think they're going to spend 100 million pounds on a centre forward so because they're going to do that there is no point them going and hiring keeping Conte or bringing in a two call or doing, they've got yeah. to go and get, they do, you know what, if he's done well the rest of the year, they do well, go and drop a bit of money on that guy at Brighton. Someone like him, you know, I mean, he's, he's totally unproven, but that's what they need. If that's yeah, what they're okay. going to do, that's what they need. There is no point putting a square peg in a round hole. I put in one of my um uh, WhatsApp groups with a few other Spurs um, mates that it feels like the club at the minute is a bit like the plot to Moneyball. You know, amazing film, and it's like we can't throw around the big wages and the transfer fees that City, Liverpool, Chelsea can do. It's like we've got to be smart, and that's what we did. That's what we did with Poch. You know, if you go back for and look at that side that it took a couple of years to get them to where they were, look at the transfer fees we paid for those types of players. We weren't going and spending 50, 60 million. They were all, you know, cheap players that would fit a certain style and a way of playing and there was room for them to then develop. Um, so it makes sense to me but what, exactly what Robert said there. You need you need that coach, you need to develop. That's the closest we've been, if we're being honest, uh, like absolute proper success. And I don't mean nicking nick a League Cup or something, like proper success, like we're in a title race, we you know went all the way in the European competitions from having that philosophy. So the fact that we just tore that up because we started a season a bit, sluggishly it, I mean we're still paying the price for it what are we that was the 2019 final that you know we're four yeah. years on from it and we're still massively struggling and we still pretty much have the same group of players that we had it, it, they, so I was just I was just going to say the um 
The recruitment piece, though, as I said earlier, about about the money, right? It's not about the amount of money. So you look at Arsenal when and bought Odegaard off from Real Madrid today. He was unbelievable yeah. today. He's mm. probably what best player in, the, in Europe at the moment, isn't he? I mean, he's just unreal. And but he fitted exactly with the strategy of there. They got Edu there at the top of the club, managing football operations, ex-player, football football person. They got a young manager. They got a young team. He was a young player. They spent a bit of money. It fitted top to bottom. It, it was going in the right direction, the same direction as the club. Made sense. Tottenham do something like they've got Fonte and Paratici sitting on top of the team, ex-Juventus that bought success. That's okay. And then they go and buy Perisic at one end, who's really in the last 60 yards of his career, although he's a great player, but he is. And then they go and buy Destiny um, Adogi, who looks a great prospect. Neither of those things are Tottenham. Neither of those kind of make sense for Tottenham today. They don't make sense. They're not aligned. So the recruitment policy and the football club and the manager have got to be aligned and none of them are aligned. So it doesn't matter. they could go and spend £10 million in the next two windows or a billion pounds in the next two windows. If those things are not aligned, it will not fix Tottenham. Yeah, you're yes. right to say that about the money. I mean, look at Everton. Christ, then what a state they're in and how much <laughs> yeah. money they've spent in, in the last few years. The other thing I was thinking earlier, though, I can't think of any other club, and I might be wrong, but I can't think of any other club who are part of the big six or extend it to eight or ten, who have four players, you could argue, are first-team players, or at least on first-team salaries, out on loan because they can't sell them. Yeah, you look right. at Ndombele, Lo Celso, Reggie, <laughs> Harry Winks. I mean, he played the Champions League final three or four years ago, yeah. and they're all out on loan. I don't know any other club in that sort of situation. And I actually don't think our recruitment really, relative to other clubs, is has been bad over recent years. I think we have, we've bought a few donkeys, but we've, I think we've done pretty well compared to lots of other clubs. But I don't know of any other clubs who have struggled to sell players like we do. I mean, the only one is Lukaku, right? at Chelsea they paid but it's not those five those four or five that is it's mad isn't it has Winks played yet as well he's at Sampdoria isn't he he's been injured the whole Finally. time yeah he's, a, yeah, he, yeah he's had terrible injury problems isn't he yeah poor bastard um Jack uh do you want a minute on Larice? and I might even time you um <laughs> I've, got nothing, I've got nothing I've got nothing I, I don't want to start absolutely slating him he's had a, he's had a stinker today and it's like there's errors there's errors every single game they don't all lead to a goal and they're not all as catastrophic as the own goal today but there's, there's major errors in games every single match now um he's been absolutely brilliant for us like you cannot take that away from him. he's the best best goalkeeper I've seen at Spurs for sure like there's not anyone that comes near him but like everything comes to an end at some point and it's like you just what's painful is seeing a, a once brilliant goalkeeper for us now becoming a liability um reminds me a bit not on the same scale but do you remember Ledley's last season when it was like he played and it was it was just a struggle and it was ugly and you just you were just hoping he'd get through games because he weren't I mean it's different with him because of his injuries were so bad but with Hugo it's just it's not one error every dozen games now it's, it's, it's every game and I don't think I'm exaggerating in saying that anymore um so it, look that now has jumped right up the list and is a major issue for us that we'll, we have to we have to go into next season with a new goalkeeper and we were talking I think it was pods 
a few weeks before the World Cup saying, oh, you know, yes, we need to upgrade it, but we can maybe just sort of stick with him for another year if if it, you know, maintains where it is at the minute. But it's dipped even further now. Um, and it just seems like we're, we're at the end with it, which is um, it's a massive shame, but it has to end at some point. Yeah. It reminds me of my old cat. I loved I loved that cat, but we had to put him down. I loved him, but he was suffering and. Yeah. So it's time, isn't it? And it should, like you said, Rob, it should have been the strategy. Um, part that's of the a thing... major. So just quickly, that that's a major position we have to get right, though, because you've seen it with so many sides where they don't get their goalkeeper correct. And that is something that looms over for a while. There's, there's talk, I mean, people are saying stuff like 40, 50 million for Pickford. And it's like, we need to be trying to set our sights a lot higher than that. Like, that is not going to solve any problems at all with us. I mean, if they were really ruthless, which I know that's part of the problem that they aren't, um, they'd sign someone now. Mm. Mm. They really would. Or, or you would like... Like, it, it should be dropped, really. Like, you, it, like it, sends yeah, yeah. A sta- it sends a statement for me. Like, yeah. I, mean, I know there's this, there's this thing that I hate goalkeepers, um, but like, it's just it's a statement that you drop a performance like that, and if he's if he's playing again against City, it's almost like, well, you can yeah, sort of do what you want. You're untouchable, and it's like every other position in the team, apart from maybe Kane, like Dyer dropped a couple of clangers out the side, you know, and so it's like yeah. surely the same must apply for him, surely. Now Richarlison as well. Yeah, I was going to say that. Now Richarlison's fit. Yeah. Like, mm. surely Sonny doesn't play on Thursday. You got yeah. to. You got to drop yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got to drop it, him. Here's what I'm saying: we were, we've been hit by injuries really badly. Of new signings, you know, Bentico's been out as well. Richarlison's been out. So there, there's been problems. Romero was out, obviously. Um, so hopefully, new full squad. Can Last I just thing, say as well with the with the other um transfer issues and that we've got I thought we looked all right when we slotted into a 4-4-2 today with Romero at right back yeah like I, I genuinely I thought that looked all right so it's like that yeah. might be something they could look at like if you're playing a back four can you have Romero out there and he's you know, he's not going to bomb on so you're, sort, you're still going to get your free cent half that Conte likes but I hope they at least look at that because I thought we'd done a good job out there this one it's a weird one isn't it this one hurts because it's what we had, isn't it? It's a young manager who loved the club, doing it with doing it the right way with young players, not spending loads of money, but just going and having a bit of an identity, bit having a bit of character and playing with up tempo. And, and it was so predictable today. But that's it. Uh, just want to shout out for the Tottenham women. Obviously, we lost two one, but Bethany England got a debut goal, which it was yeah. a great goal, which is really nice. Goal. So it's good to see. Um, can we talk about Gareth Bale? How do you feel, ASD, as a as a proud Welshman? For that's the end on what has been an incredible career. Yeah, because on here I've always said he's had a poor first touch, right? That's always been the thing, and he's always irritated. Do you remember that game against Leon where he scored? Was it against Leon where he scored two free kicks? Yeah. And I was right behind the um, was it on Titi who scored yeah, the goal? Yeah, screamer. I was right in the front row, so when he, I literally, I was like a tennis umpire going from left to right, like it screamed past me. And there was a point in that game where he just raised his hands, a bit like Cantona. That was the point where he, I knew he was off. But I think that was before the goal on my birthday against West Ham. And and then I thought, oh my God, he's going to stay, you know? And ever since then, it's been, you know, he's been, if, you, if his name, there was a point where I think he was the best player in the world outside of Ronaldo and Messi, 
but the, the thing is, he just makes you feel something for football. He just makes you enjoy football in a way that not many players can. And the stuff he did for Wales, he dragged a very, very small nation into major tournaments, which I hadn't seen in my lifetime. He gave us so many memories, like there's so many memories that he gave to us from, and it, it could have been nothing, but he just went from left back and just, just bodied so many amazing teams and players. So it, it, it may, it, there's a lot of Welsh people who are, who are devastated that we'll never see him play again. But the time, it, he was gone. He was gone. Like it, the last playable season was when he came home to us and it was a bit sad there were no people there. But yeah. it, what a re- remarkable career. More winning goals in Champions League finals, second highest score in Champions League finals of all time. Scored one of the best Champions League final goals. Just a scorer of great goals. And... I don't know what to say about them, man. When do you first remember seeing him, being, registering him? Because obviously he scored on his debut, didn't he? Against Fulham? Fulham. He scored against Fulham. And I, I, rem- I remember that game because um, we, we, we were on holiday, but in the UK. I can't remember exactly where it was. And um, we put the radio on and I think we were winning 2-1 at Fulham at half-time or whatever. And then we listened to the commentary and... Bale went through and got the third and there was about 20 minutes to go and it was like oh you know this is brilliant we've got this you know young player he scored like we're in control and then in true Spurs style that game finished free all and I think it was McBride scored a ridiculous overhead kick in the last minute and you were like right okay that's you know comes crashing back down to reality but um that that's obviously that game straight away but I mean the the obvious one is when he put himself on the global stage wasn't it with that Patrick in the Champions League and that season was when you just started seeing him go, oh my word, this guy's incredible. Um, that was under Harry, wasn't it? When he yeah. he, he moved yeah. him, moved him, moved him into midfield, and it was just like, boys, oh, it's it proper old school, wasn't it? To start with, it was like get the ball to him, run it, you full back, and yeah. it sounds simple, but like no one could handle him, absolutely no one. And that that style of football, it, it honestly, it was so entertaining to watch. When we have Bale on one side, Aaron Lennon on the other, and it's just like two old school wingers, you know. Um, they're incredible, incredible moments. I think what you said, ASD, yeah, about score of brilliant goals. And if you think back, there's 10 or 15 goals just off the top of your head. That you're like, what a goal that was. You know, and every, everything he did was like, he it was a Galactico, wasn't he? Like he got the move to Madrid and it was like, he, he was that type of player. And the goals he scored at Madrid as well were just absolutely incredible what one of my favorites is actually a goal we score for wales against scotland, scotland. when charlie adam tries to do just him and he just moves him out the way yeah. and bang pops it top corner and it's like yeah that was well, well down in that game he scored yeah. a penalty earlier in that game and um oh god yeah See, my, the first time i saw him was against chelsea we beat him 2-1 and he scored with his right foot coming in. I think it was only like his third or fourth goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that game. And Defoe scored, I think. And then we were two 0 up at half time, weren't we? That's it. And I yeah. think Fat Frank got a goal at some point. That was the first time we saw him. Went, oh, okay. That I think that was from left back. That that was still when he was wearing number three. And yeah. um, but then that the point seems to be when we got that half black, half grey Under Armour kit. Yeah, you know yeah, that yeah. kit. And then suddenly he's like, oh, he's unstoppable now. You know. Mm. Uh, what about you, Rob? You've been going a while. I've only ever seen um, what I saw in that last season with Bale twice. And I've been going for 30 years, 36 years. And that was Gascoigne in the 1991 season after the World Cup. 
I mean, the difference between the two of them obviously is pretty stark in terms of their physical specimens. But <clears throat> Gascoigne 1991 and then that last season with Bale, where he basically, both of them basically, in those respective seasons, they they just decided that T- Tottenham weren't going to lose that day. Yeah. And there was nobody, any elite level at the, you know, old first division or Premier League level, didn't matter who they were playing, uh, I've decided Tottenham are not going to lose today. And I've never seen, I've never ever, like consistently, the odd game here and there, right? But I've, across a whole season, pretty much, um, I've never, I've only ever seen that twice in over 30 years. So I think he wasn't one out of the box. I, I think he was a really, really, really special, special player. And we, we uh, on that ratio, we may only ever see maybe one or two like him again in our lifetimes. I think he was exceptional. Unbelievable. Yeah. Charles, give me your goals that you love. Uh, what can I say that hasn't already been said? I think, uh, I mean, the Inter Milan, obviously. I remember watching that with my nephew and he's uh he defected from some south side they're all fulham and he defected and started supporting spurs um and we watched that game together and i remember going he was going ape shit and i was going ape shit but I, it was almost one of those games where you you couldn't not watch it but you wanted to be you wanted to get on your phone and you wanted to look out the window and you just wanted everyone to understand what was happening and how absurd it was what he was doing it was just on a, like another planet wasn't he, he really but then was. i agree with rob like gaza I'm of a slightly older vintage than you and Jack ASD, as you regularly remind me. And I remember watching Gaza, and he's absolutely, you're absolutely right, Rob. There's very few players that can grab a, a game, a bit like people talk about Maradona doing at Napoli or even winning the World Cup with Argentina. They just thought, I'm going to win this, and they grabbed a the game by the scruff of the neck. And you're, we're really lucky as Spurs fans, really, to have had players that can do that. There's very few clubs that have had the Gazas, the Gareth Bales, the Harry Kane's doing it at the moment. We're really lucky in that regard. It just makes it even more of a farce that we haven't been winning more trophies. But it's all about the journey as well. I'll tell you the goal that I love of Bales, actually, that isn't a Spurs goal. It's the it's the uh, Copa del Rey final where he ran off it straight into the off, off the pitch. Unbelievable, that goal. Yeah. Oh, this is incredible. Who was, who, who was he up against? That Was that Alves he ran past? I can't remember who that was. Who was it? Who was who was I've never. You just, I couldn't believe it when I saw that. Yeah. I saw that I goal. Even think what a player could do that! Like I, I genuinely, <laughs> I, I just don't see how that's physically possible. But I've never known a player run with, and dribble with the ball with such power. Yeah. I only wish he liked football more because I get the impression. Obviously, when he plays for Wales and, and ASD and I will chat about this quite a lot, that he he's, he's, has been a different player. That's partly due to the abuse I think he's been getting or got in Madrid. But also the fact he's retired now. And yet on the flip side, you've got um, uh, like Totti. My, I've got a good mate of mine who lives in Rome and he still goes and watch Totti play in like the amateur seven aside futsal leagues. He just rocks oh, up at some yeah. tin pot little stadium and Totti's Love still it. banging him in and playing because he loves the game. I just wish. Bale had like regained or kept that love for the game that I assume he had when he was younger. I think he, I think he loved just football. I just think like the amount of just craziness you get as being a Galactico yeah. and being the most expensive player in the world. I think all of that builds up like you can never be normal again. Whereas I think if yeah. he could play every day with no crowd and just just bang him in all the time, I think he would. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I want yeah. to say, do you know that goal he scored against Swansea where he takes one touch and smacks it yeah. really, really quickly? Yeah. Love that goal. Yeah. But that's him down. Yeah. It's the same. It's like the one against West Brom. Because I think me and you were at that game, Jack. We might have even travelled down together or texted. I'm not sure. But, I, you know, he's in the black and grey shirt and he's drifting across and just smacks yeah. it. And you're he, he, he just like, don't. If I was in the West Brom end. I was on the side so I saw it it was to the front and to the right I mean that's the one where they worked out that I wasn't from West Brom and they went I just what gave what gave that away (laughs) (laughs) and he went I this one's a cockney and I went there's so many things wrong with that sentence (laughs) but that was great um there's just so many goals it was great when he came back do you remember the um how you the, the before that, the goal against City, where we won nil down, I think, to a Nasri goal, oh. and we we won, we scored three goals really, really quickly. Yeah. It was him, Defoe scored an unbelievable goal, and then it wasn't Dempsey, was it? I feel like it might have been. Might have been. That was a great game. Yeah. Like it, just so many games, goals that just made you yeah. feel just great. Oh God, uh, I, I mean, I could talk about this for hours. And then when he came back, and he just like Mourinho wouldn't play him, and then just started banging him in for fun as well. It, what a player. I'm, and I'm happy for him. I'm happy he's retired now. You know, he's earned 800 million pounds a week. 800 million. <laughs> 800 grand a week. For Five like Champions the, League winners medals. Unbelievable, isn't he? Oh. What a player. They could have, I, think, I think he could have had even better numbers as well. I think, I, I think sometimes he didn't... I mean, what do I know? But it didn't push him... He got the feeling he didn't push himself as hard as he could have done. Mm. There was all those stories at the beginning of Tottenham Redknapp telling the medical staff not to go on the training pitch when he went down, wasn't they? Just, he'll get up, yeah. he'll get up, let, let him get up, let him get up. Yeah. He just wasn't quite, you know, he, I don't think he ever, if he'd have, if he'd have had Ronaldo's mentality, uh, he, he, you know, he, he could have, he, he could have truly, truly, truly been maybe one of the real, real greats, couldn't he? Yeah, he really, really what, could have. What, what a player though, privilege for us. Privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when the announcement came out, I was uh, I was working from home, and as soon as I finished all my work, Rob, I'd uh, I started watching those uh, videos with him and Roden, and they are honestly the funniest like football content because you know most in uh, interviews are really boring, aren't they? Because they are just rehearsed, boring. You could predict what most of them are going to say, but then um, he's with Roden. They're talking about aliens and they're talking about home. Uh, it, they they're just boys. They're just children who are multi-millionaires. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, yeah Roden's a bit like Joey Essex, though, isn't he, in those interviews? He reminds... I told my dad, he just reminds me of the people that I used to work with in McDonald's, which is not a bad yeah. thing. They're just normal... If he wasn't playing football, he would be working in McDonald's, you know? And he just happened to learn he was good at sticking his body in the way of people hitting balls really fast. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, City on Thursday... Right, easy one to bounce back with. My question for this is: Do we do we actually even want to win? I given know, our, given Arsenal's it? title search, how spursy would it be to take four points off City in the next few weeks? Well, we've got them twice, haven't we? In the space yeah. of about I don't know ten yeah. days or something. That's the thing. I think if we can get to half time four 0 down, we've done well there. <laughs> 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 it's a sort of game we've got a good record up there it's the sort of game we'll go and yeah. win we've got Absolutely. a great record haven't we against yeah. City we've got oh yeah we can't think of the, the Woolwich we've just got to go and try and win yeah yeah not, not worry about them they'll fuck I mean, themselves up 
they need to win. I mean, I, I should think that four months left on his contract. Yeah. Uh, Conte needs a result up there I should, of some description, I should think. Certainly in the next two games. All I want is a performance. Yeah. 0-90. We started not, we didn't start too badly today. You know, and that, that was better than usual. I just want them to go at it. And I don't mean going kicking people. Just look like they care a little bit and just try. I don't mind if you lose. It's a bit like my dad, you know, as long as you try your best, I don't mind. I just want to see him care about it. And yeah. I, You know, because this is Manchester City. They've got the most dangerous striker in the world up front. He hasn't scored in four games. He's going to be hungry. Just go Yeah, but try. they don't look the same with him. I still think Kane would have been a better fit for them than, than Haaland. Mm. It's like they've got a big Great Dane just running around and every now and then he smashes a few in. But I'm sure Kane would get at least as many as he's getting up there. Absolutely. They don't press now, do they? They were Mm -hmm. such a high-pressing team and because he doesn't do that, they don't press now. They sit back. They've got our problem. Mm. So we can win? Yeah, of course. I'm going 2-1 to Spurs because the best match of last season was definitely that win where Kane got the header, right? That was unbelievable. We can do it again. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not convinced. I'm. I've like when we've got results against City in the past is because, and it comes back to what I was saying. It's because we've had intensity. It's like yeah. the way we're the way we're playing at the minute. I, like I just think City will pass to death. They'll have seventy percent of the ball, mm. and I don't think we'll get hammered. But I could just see them wearing us down, just mm. beating us two 0 and yeah. us just not having a sniff in the game. If we can bring intensity and aggression to our game, well, we've proven over the last few seasons we can get results against Pep sides, but it would take an absolute massive reaction. Something has to happen between now and that game because the performance we've seen today, you know, if you can't lift yourself at Arsenal at home, then my question would be, how can they all of a sudden turn it around? I think it'll play, be quite revealing. You know? I think it's going to be a revealing game, isn't it? We'll be able to see if the if the cracks are as, as worrying as we think they might be, depending on how they... How but they I also play. think perspective's key in it for City, because most sides will go to City this season, not yeah. have the ball and get beat. So it's like, if that if we do that, I think, you know, there'll be a lot of people that will go absolutely crazy Thursday night if we do get beat convincingly. But it's like, well, they're, they are a much better side. So we'd have to we have to play incredibly well and they have to be slightly off it for us mm. to get a result. So if, if if the city we know turns up, they, they will beat us. Question for the three of you. If um, Benton Kerr's fit, would you drop Saar or would you drop Hoiberg? I was just thinking he could play three. I'd drop Neva, yeah. Yeah. And go Kane, Kane and go Kane and Richarlison up top. And I mean, Kulusevski didn't look fit today at all, did he? And fair play to him. He clearly gritted his teeth and was like, "I'm playing." But he was he it, was not fit. Yeah, he's not going to be. I'd be shocked if he plays Thursday. So I bring I'll have Richarlison and Kane up top. But yeah, I, I, yeah I, 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 I can't see him changing the system. I think he'll drop Saar. To be honest, I think yeah. Hoiberg um, needs to play. Um, I know he gets a lot of stick. I think mostly unfairly from. Yeah, the I fans, agree. but I, I think, yeah, you can't. Yeah. Sar's had a yeah. great game. But. The, the only thing I'd say about Sar is that um, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see him just like, play. I think they found a pl- real player there. Mm. I think they've unearthed, I just, I've got a feeling about him. I think they've unearthed one, just his ability to control the game on the half turn. I think yeah. he looks a real player. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd I, love, I want to see him play him. 
I really do you remember don't. when they signed him? When they signed him, yeah. I remember reading about this kid and they were talking about him. I mean, you've got to be careful because everything comes with a John, John Bostock caveat, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They really were bigging him up and then he went to Rennes. And, but he's got a shot on him as well. He took that free kick for Senegal, didn't he, in, the, in, the, um, in their games. But no, he looks like it. He does look like a gem of a player. I just think you've got to be careful. Yeah, yeah. He's only 20. I think, he's a, I think they found one there. Yeah, I think I'd just like to see him play, just playing, just playing, just playing, just playing. Just playing. Just playing. I'm looking forward to seeing the doggy pony. He's doing really well at Udinese. Obviously, I'm not watching every Udinese game, but this is the stuff we need to do. We can't just rely on the old horses, just play them in. Because if this season has to be a project, because top five is going to, top four is going to be difficult. I know we're fifth, yeah. but I think it's going to be difficult. Let's just start bedding them in. We know Winks isn't good enough. Skip's coming back. Was, Let's just play him. Yeah, was Jed Spence on the bench today? I didn't even clock. Not that it I, didn't, think so. I didn't see him warming up today, no. No, he might be going no. out on loan, mightn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so. Um, mm. Two things. Uh, Porro sounds like they came out and said they weren't entertaining any chat until after the game, the derby this weekend. So hopefully we'll just play it. And if we're serious about it, just play it and go for it. That, to me, that makes no sense, though, because apparently, and I, we've got to be careful what we claim, what we believe to be true. There's so many in the know yeah, yeah. out there. I haven't got a clue. But if it's true that they will only sell him reluctantly if we meet his his activation clause, his whatever, 40 million euros, I think, has been mm. quoted, then it's irrelevant when they decide. Because if we make that bid, they have to accept it. That's the terms of the contract. So I get the fact they didn't want to sit down till after these games. But actually, if they're not going to sell him for something that we could activate whenever we choose to, it just doesn't really add up for me. I do think, I remember when, it's just just a random coincidence, when we played sporting, I remember texting my brother and saying, this Poro lad is exactly what we need, because he looked phenomenal going forward. It doesn't mean to say he will be, it was based on a sample size of, you know, one game, and then he looked good when he came to our place, but... Yeah, it's um. I think City sold him, didn't they? Because they were worried that physically he wasn't up to the Premier League, which could be a concern. But I mean, he certainly would be more exciting and a bit more pace on the flanks, which I think we need. At least they're addressing the problem area. That I mean, I don't have an opinion on him. I've never seen the guy play, and I'm always a little bit like, if if the powers that be at the club think this guy's a good player, well, they must have something. But I can't say I've watched Sporting. Um, much or ever seen him play but at least that they're trying to address that right back position because it's just it's a nightmare position for us both the both the wing yeah, back yeah, full back yeah. areas are so I'm I'm hopeful that if they think that this is the guy then we get it over the line but the cynic in me is like look at our right back recruitment <laughs> look at the last three players we brought in it's yeah. hardly gone well but I, I mean it can't be worse than what we've got at the minute it's crossing anyway. it's, it's, it's crossing ability looks really good no, there was a, there was a, there, he looks, he looks like he can really cross the ball. And that is like, when you look at out, when you look at the Perisic's assist this season from crosses, oh, yeah. we're pretty, we love a cross. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. most of them don't get in the box, but we love a cross. And and, uh, the, and the first few minutes of today's game, Cesc had two opportunities two. to whip the ball in within five minutes, maybe. And the yeah. game would have been so different if that was Perisic yeah. putting it on Kane's head. Exactly. You do need exactly. pace as well, though, and I think he is quite quick, isn't he? This Poro yep. guy. You, like, if you're playing yeah. wing backs, you know, or if you think of all the successful sides that play that system, you need legs there because they're the yeah. absolute engine of that system. And you know, we yeah. think back to Walker and Rose, and you know the Conte teams at Chelsea. I mean, he, he played Victor Moses there, didn't he? He was absolutely rapid. Yeah. So it's like you need that for obviously for getting forward, but for the recovery runs more than anything else. And Man City bought him for a reason when he was about 17, I think he was. Yeah. So they, yeah. We'll see what happens. I'm sure, yeah. they'll, I'm sure they'll do it. 
final deadline, one. Deadline day. Yeah. yeah. For 43.8. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 39.99. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mudrick, who has scored 12 goals in his career, never played outside the Ukraine, has signed for £89 million on an eight-and-a-half-year yeah. contract. <laughs> what are Chelsea doing? <laughs> Well, they can't sack Potter now, can they? I mean, uh, I mean, they bought him in for the long term and they're buying all these players. There's those two, I think they're both French uh, players they've signed. One of them's on, I think they're both on seven and a half year contract. So they're spending big and early and then I think they're hoping that it will last. Wasn't there, I think I saw a stat today that they've spent more in the last year than Liverpool have in the last decade. I don't know how accurate that is, but it feels like it could be. It feels like every deal Chelsea does 100 million now. It's, I think it's 460 million they've spent. Once this Nkung, is it? Who's the guy Nkung, from Nkunku? Uh, like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Once that goes through, 460. Insane, isn't it? Insane. Yeah. I'd say that um, that amount of spending from the American owners means that they think there's some big TV money coming in the next two years. Apple or Amazon or somebody. Yeah. Oh, there's, American owners don't normally do that, do they? So the fact that they're doing that tells me that. Sky might be uh, on its way, yeah. and they're yeah. still terrible. But like they're they're awful, Chelsea. So many so many injuries. Though, they? I they think Chelsea Chelsea a bit. I think Potter's a good manager. They've they, they got so many injuries. Yeah, so they'll, they'll, very good manager. They'll be fine. I, I'd rather teams, have their problems. Yeah, I think most teams with Reese James in it is, are going to have a give anyone a go, aren't they? Can we stop He's being nice about Chelsea, please? Can we laugh at Joe Phoenix? But you know I hate Chelsea. I hate Chelsea. I hate Chelsea. They've had the full-back, wing-back issue as well, because when they've got mm. a fully fit side, they've got Chilwell and, and James. They're outstanding. And, and you take them out. Yeah, and Cucurella's yeah. not a bad player. You take them out of the team. Like Wing-backs in that formation are your most important players. And if you've got yeah. below par like we have... Like the system just breaks, and Chelsea are having exactly the same thing. Like Reese James doesn't play, Aspilicueta is playing right wing back, and it's like you're just not going to get anywhere near what you're getting, you know, when you when you full strength. I mean, I have zero sympathy for them whatsoever, and uh, the fact that in the January window, oh, that we've got injuries, we'll just go and drop like 200 million, makes me have even less sympathy. Can I ask you one last thing? Who's going down? Because we've got Southampton down there, Everton, West Ham down there, Bournemouth just above it. And Leicester it's got to be least. West Ham. How brilliant I, would that be? I honestly, I don't know if it, we need to send him the link, ASD, but I think we need to fly to Sydney and go and see Hutch, our friend, don't we? If like, West Ham go down, <laughs> oh. I'll, we'll, I'll swim there. Um, the uh, I, 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 I don't think West Ham will go down. I think they spend no, too I much don't. money. They got too. They got. They got. Their players are too good. Bournemouth are going, aren't they? For sure. Bournemouth, yeah. Everton might. Yeah. I love Everton go down. I just, I, I just think what they've done to that. They, People need to learn that you can't do that. You know, they'll, they've they'll... gutted the club from the inside out. That's the thing. It's all the all the long term staff from the canteen to the it's scouting. Just out, it's just, just outrageous. They need it needs to go. It needs to go down, and it will. Everton is a great. It will be fine. It will come back, but it needs to go down so all of that can go and come yeah. back. It's I'm really club. torn. I'm really torn on the Everton one because I I really like Everton as a club. Yeah, and it's like yeah, me too. But, but like to see a massive side in a relegation battle, like you can't not be drawn in by that and be like, what if they did go? But then the other side, it's like, oh, we like it, but I want to stay up. But it's yeah. like they can't. I mean, they they probably the way they've run that club, like you said, they probably deserve to go down. 
especially the last few years, the yeah. signings have been absolutely crazy. It's, it's, it's the, almost... fans, the fans kept them up last year. If they banned fireworks sales in, in the <laughs> down. last few months of the season, they'd have gone down. But, but their, their fan base is so big. They got. I mean, I worry for them because they're building that stadium if they went down mm. and, all, and, all, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you really fear for them. But it just feels like they just they need to start again. They? They've got to get those owners out of that club. They've got to get different mm. people running it. You know, get Lampard out of there. I'm not sure what's going on there, and just start again, but come yeah. back quickly. Other cause football yeah. needs Everton, you know, but it needs Everton, it needs yeah. Everton properly. You also yeah. wonder, didn't you, with all those sides down the bottom, what one of them pull the trigger first and and try and do the Sean Dyche deal, which makes logical sense, yeah. right? Is you know, and it's yeah, like it's... you'd you'd back, you'd probably back whoever does that for him to keep them up. So, like, there's that in play as well. I mean, Southampton are definitely not because they've obviously just got a new manager. I think they look a shoe in to go down. I know they've had a good week, but they look a shoe in to go down for yeah, me. Um, but those other sides right down there, it's so tight, though. Like, even sides that are sitting, like, 11th, 12th, if you lose three or four on the bounce, all of a sudden you could be in the relegation zone. It is, it's going to go to, the, uh, genuinely, it will go to the wire because normally you've got one team already at this stage just cut adrift and you think, oh, their, their points tally so low, they're gone. But... It is so tight down. Like Chelsea are as close to the relegation zone as they are top four. But like, that no, that's know. how mad it is. Well, Aladici's free as well. And Everton have got a history with them. They did quite well underneath like we do better than they're doing now. You think Moyes will get sacked? Oh, I don't know. I, I I think that they'll with obviously one of their owners passing away, I think that that obviously just adds another complication, doesn't it, to major decisions at a club happening. Um, I don't think that they will <clears throat> sack him. I think they'll stick with him and they'll give him a bit more time. But I mean, if they, the same as any of those sides down there, if, if West Ham lost their next three or four, then you almost think, well, surely they have to make a change. They're and we've trouble. we've got them, we've got them as well, haven't we? Soon, so like we could almost be the nail in the coffin. Like if we if we were to hammer them, do you know what I mean? Beat them four or five nil or something, then I think that would be from from a fan's point of view anyway. They'd be like, that's it. I think that they the the logical football fan in me says Moyes will keep them up and they've got mm. good enough players there to be kept up with him but it yeah. only takes a couple of bad results doesn't it and you could panic and then before you know it you've, your manager's gone and you know better off. Speaking of panicking West Ham have conceded 25 goals in the Premier League this season Everton have conceded 26 Tottenham have conceded 27. Fuck. Yeah Tottenham have got Harry Kane and yeah. Kulisevsky yeah. and uh, yeah. thank yeah. good Richarlison, thank goodness. Liverpool yeah. have conceded 25 as well. And uh, Liverpool with Big Virgil, Big Virgil, they've conceded 25. He was well. out. He was out yesterday, wasn't he? I, th- I think the keeper problem is part of our problem. Massive. I, I, it just, it just, it just, there's no. That's why they're sitting so deep. They're so worried about him. They're so worried. If you can't, if you can't defend, and you've got a front three of Kulusevski, Kane, and Son, why not have a go? You know, I know, I know it sounds yeah. really simplistic, and football sometimes is overcomplicated. But I'm just like, we can, we can attack. We've seen it all season. Even in the second half, I know we didn't score, but when when we had no choice but to go forward, we looked such a better side. Yeah. Yeah, and we yeah. probably defended better as well. I think anxiety is so contagious in our back line. And when they pass the ball back to Hugo, I just, oh, you can yeah. feel it. And where I yeah. am, where I sit mostly in the south stand, we're only 
what 11 rows back and it just you feel you just feel so tense and scared and nervous and it comes yeah. across in, in in the play and and yeah it affects the whole team yeah i was just looking at because larissa i think he's made five game changing errors now which is like i think More than the, any other team apparently well, t- the teams are up to two and he's made five for us so i just looked Google Lloris game mistakes and all the articles have been like Hugo Lloris's errors for Tottenham why so the top keeper that's in 2018 uh, you know they're all from a long time ago so yeah it's definitely something we need to um so uh, let's finish on some positivity we've when it all I'm still positive that when it comes back when all our players are back we've got a team and we can we can go out and beat a lot of teams then all the North London derbies have gone now we can go and get to City I think I think they're really poor. We, we'll go and do Liverpool. I'm, I, we'll go do Chelsea as well when we see them. Milan. <laughs> who knows what we're going to do about Milan? They, <laughs> they only won three of their games in their group. But I'm, I'm feeling positive. We only, we yeah. just beat. Who was it? Palace four 0 last week. You know, come on. You have, you, you have to, you have to try and be positive with it, don't you? Because otherwise, you know, it just becomes yeah. so depressing. So you have to think we're going into Thursday with little expectation a wounded animal you know can they pour performance out the bag which they can do and kick start the second half of the season we're only halfway through the season yeah, we've got Richarlison coming back Kuliseski coming back yeah. Benton Kerr coming back they're about to buy Poro so, you know so on the way up nine to, there are there's, there are a lot of games lot 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 yeah. of games to go and they found and they've unearthed what I, I think they've unearthed a little nugget so yeah it's not all bad. Yeah, there is you it? Go. No, it's the next yar We got the next yar On that, that bombshell, uh, it's time to end this show. Giles, Jack, and Rob, thank you. Rob, congratulations, hat trick ball today. So uh, many, many more to come. So thank you uh, for that. Thanks for having me. No worries. We'll uh, see you next week. And don't forget, the future's bright. The future's really white. Come on, you suppose. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. 
Glory past, glory future, what was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream, to dare is to do.